0: Uh, we have a special morning this morning. We'll be back in the book of Hebrews next week, in Hebrews chapter 5. But this morning, uh, because we have the Breakaway Go conference coming up this week, uh, we're going to focus on the concept of the Great Commission. What is it that God has called us to do around the world? So we're going to start. We've got a few people that are going to come up, and uh, we've got a little panel. You guys, come on come on up. All right, there we go. Good. Uh, we've got a little panel of uh, men and women who have been overseas on some of our trips And uh, they are just going to share a little bit this morning uh, about what it's like, hopefully answer any questions that you may have about considering uh, going overseas yourself. We have uh, three uh, partnerships here at Grace Bible uh, in the college ministry with three different places that we go. One is to East Asia, uh, all the way over in the Far East, and it's really a closed country in a sense, an atheistic type of culture. Uh, another is uh, to an area we're calling Trade Winds, and uh, I will show you a little bit later on on the map where that is, but because of security issues, we can't say specifically the region of the world, but it is a Muslim context, and uh, it's an area that we've gone to for a few years, so some of y'all that have been around know where I'm talking about, but I'll show y'all on the map later, and some of these folks have been there. So when we say Trade Winds, when you see it on the flyer, I realize that doesn't mean anything to you, but... Uh, uh, we cannot record the name of where it is, so I'll show y'all later. And then the third place we go is a place called Greece. So uh, we are uh, we are also sending people there, and uh, we're a little bit more open with where we're going. So uh, let me just start. Why don't we start down with Jerry and just introduce yourself and tell us about the trips you've been on—six week or year or two long trips—and specifically where you've been. If you've been on more than one, let us know. So let's give him a hand. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, we just have a few minutes, but I want to follow up on some of the stuff that they said. And they actually preached most of my sermon for me, which is great. It makes my job easy. So um, we are going to be looking a little bit at Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen to 20 this morning. But uh, kind of as we start, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from them. Um, and one of the things that I really want to impress upon us before we leave this morning is this, that your life is going to be devoted to something. It's going to be dedicated to something. All of us know somebody who is just a a rabid fan of something. They spend their time and their energy. Maybe it is they are just a crazy Aggie, and that is how they spend their life and their time. Uh, Maybe it is that they are into, you know, building model antique cars or whatever it is, and that is how they invest their life. Uh, I ran across a little uh, article just this past week that was about kind of super fans of different uh, sports teams, college sports teams. And uh, there's this one guy that kind of piqued my interest. His name is Jay Altenhofen, and uh, he is 50 years old, and he is an alumni of the University of Oregon. He is a duck, so uh, fight ducks. All right, and uh, so here's what it says. He attended the University of Oregon between 1977 and 1981. He lived in Seattle for a decade And after graduating, he would drive to the highest point he could find to get radio reception to listen to football games, right? This was before the internet or any of that. So uh, since moving to Vancouver in 1991, he's missed one home football game in person because a close friend was getting married. He was one of the groomsmen, but he listened to the game through a pair of headphones during the service, right? (laughs) He says, uh, that didn't go over very well with my wife, and I would imagine not. He says, one time... Uh, There was a game he couldn't get to come in, so he called his mom long distance and said, put the phone up to the radio. And uh, she went away. He says she would come back and ask, do you want me to hang up now? He would say, no, 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 no. It's really close. He said, I ended up listening for about two hours that way. All right, so uh, this guy, and he says, what need does your fandom fill? Now, listen to what he says. He says, sports is a kind of escapism. It's your release. When I'm doing that, I'm probably as happy as I ever am. It's being part of a bigger purpose. I try to protect myself to say, it's just a game. If we lose, it's not the end of the world. But when you sink your heart and soul into something and you give so much, there's so much to lose. All kinds of emotions. He said, how do you explain your passion to non-fans? He says, it's hard. Uh, I use humor as much as anything. People say, it's just a game. And I'll say, no, it's not. It's not just a game. Most people think I blow it out of perspective unless they have a team of their own and feel the same way. Uh, I know he blows it out of perspective. All right. And uh, the deal is that ultimately you are going to devote your life to something. And the question really is, what's it going to be? And as we look at the scripture, what we see is a call to devote our lives to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to devote our energy and our time. And really, you're going to either choose to live a life where you say, what I really want is to be comfortable, to be happy, to have the American dream. Or you're going to live a life in which you say, whether you go overseas or not, you're going to live a life in which you say, I I want to know Jesus Christ and I want to help other people know him. And I want to live my life in such a way to pursue that end above every other end. And so quickly, I just want to talk about this idea of missions briefly this morning. I'm just going to ask a few questions and we only have a few minutes, so I won't talk long. But one of the questions is this, why are missions necessary? Why do we even need to do this? There's a lot of people here who don't know Jesus. Why, do we, why would we even think about going somewhere else to share Jesus? Uh, some of y'all may have heard of William Carey. William Carey is known as the father of modern missions. He was a British man who was a Baptist missionary. And uh, he happened to be in a segment of his denomination that was hyper-Calvinist. They, they emphasized very strongly uh, the sovereignty of God over all things. And it's said that when he went to his denominational board to present to them the idea of going overseas, there was a man that said to him, uh, young man, sit down. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he will do it without your aid and mine. Right? So the argument is you don't need to go. God's going to do it if God wants to do it, all right? And, and ultimately, God could do that, right? God could say, I'm just going to convert them, whether you go or not. So the question is, why do we go, all right? A few reasons. One, because we're commanded to. The mandate is clear, all right? Although God could do whatever he chooses to do, he's chosen to use us. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen to 20 says this, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. These are the last words that Jesus gave to his apostles before he ascended into heaven. It's a clear mandate that you and I are called to be a part of what is called the Great Commission. It's our mission in life. Now, the reality is that not all of you, probably not the majority of you, are going to spend your life overseas. Some of you will, and I hope that after hearing these men and women talk, you'll pray about that and you'll consider it. But whether you're here or whether you're overseas, the mandate to participate in the Great Commission applies to you. You're either called to go or you're called to pray or you're called to give and support and encourage. And what I would challenge you guys is to think about this, especially as you think about Summer project. Uh, one of the only ways that I can think of that you're going to be able to make the decision about whether you should go or whether you should stay is to go for a short period of time. If you have four or five or six years or however long you're here at A&M, you may have three, four, five summers here in which uh, you have the opportunity to go. And we'll talk about this more in a minute. But the reality is why not spend six weeks of one summer? You could even still come back You can take summer school, the last half of the summer, just to see, is this something God might have for me? Because the reality is all of us are called to participate in the Great Commission in one way or another. The mandate is extremely clear, right? The other thing is that the need is great. As we look around the world, the need is great. Acts 4.12 says this, there is salvation in no one else, that is, no one else but Jesus. For there's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. There is only through hearing of Jesus Christ and responding can men and women have eternal life. A good friend of mine who served overseas for years, I asked him one time, What is the biggest challenge that students and young adults face when they are thinking about going overseas? Whether it's for six weeks, whether it's for a year, whether it's for their life. And he said, Honestly, it's often family pressure. And he said, one of the strong objections is, why do you need to go overseas? There are lost people here. All you have to do is go to your neighbor next door and you'll find someone who doesn't know Jesus. And that's true. And I do hope that you go to your neighbor next door. But the reality is, like Britain, Britain mentioned this earlier, that in this country, there are churches on almost every corner. People have the opportunity, if they want to know about Jesus, to go to a church in here. Many of the countries that we're going to, and I'm going to show you where they are in just a minute, uh, there are no churches on the corner. One of the countries is a country of about 10 to 15 million people, and there are 500 Christians. Imagine if on this whole campus of A&M, there were one or two Christians. That's about the ratio. One out of 40 to 50,000 people. And so these men and women, apart from somebody going, as God has called us to do, they, they don't have the opportunity to hear the message. Some statistics I ran across, uh, only about 11.5% of the world's people are estimated to be evangelical Christians. That is, they believe the Bible and they would affirm the gospel. And that's probably a generous number, about 11.5%. Nearly half the world lives in what we call unreached areas. That is, areas in which they have no access to the gospel. And at least 3 billion people have never heard the gospel, if they've heard the name of Jesus at all they've not heard the gospel. Let me show you guys a map. This map um, just kind of lays out for us. This is a group called the Joshua Project that they try to compile where are the reached and unreached areas of our world in terms of where the gospel is. Uh, The green areas, as you might imagine, these are the areas where the church is established or significant. These yellow areas, it's forming. They call it formative or nominal. All right, And these red areas are areas that they're saying are unreached. That uh, these people are the least reached. Now, people may actually debate about which countries are reached, which are unreached, but even if you do, you can see that there's a huge swath of the world that's still considered unreached. All right, trade winds that we were talking about earlier, trade winds is kind of in this region of the world, all right, right here. See the little pointer, okay? Right there. All right, that won't go on the website by pointer, so I can show you guys. All right, um, East Asia is kind of over in this general region of the world, all right? pretty obvious, right? East Asia, okay? It's over there, all right? And Greece is right there, okay? So you guys can see that the areas that uh, we're hoping to send you guys are areas that are in the unreached, least reached areas, and so we are, we are encouraging y'all. This is an opportunity to go to a place where there's a great need for men and women to hear the gospel, all right? Uh, the mandate's clear, the need is great, and then thirdly, the results are eternal. The results are eternal. There is nothing other than the gospel that you can invest your time and your life into that will last forever. Not even the Oregon Ducks, not even the Aggies, right? Don't hiss me, okay? (laughs) The reality is that nothing you can invest your time and your life into is going to last eternally, except for the gospel. Revelation 7, 9 to 10 says, "'After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count.'" From every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. God's purpose is that men and women from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, not just Americans, every tribe, tongue, people, and nation will eventually worship Him in eternity. What a privilege to have the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody that we might kneel down before the throne of God with together and worship him. And the results are eternal. Earlier this week, I saw a news story, probably a couple of years old, but uh, the headline is this, Maine and South Carolina face off in sandcastle dispute. All right, and uh, here's what it says. The man who currently holds the world's record for the tallest sandcastle is pouring cold seawater on Myrtle Beach's attempt to dethrone him. Ed Jarrett, uh, let me just show you a picture of his sandcastle. Um, This is his uh, tallest sandcastle in the world, all right? His name is Ed Jarrett. It's 32 feet tall, and uh, he built it on the beach in Maine. Uh, Clearly, a lot of time and energy went into that. Ed Jarrett uh, from Casco, Maine, said the 43-foot castle built in June in Myrtle Beach failed to follow Guinness World Records guidelines that ban using machinery and require the structure to be taller than it is wide. And he says this, Myrtle Beach doesn't meet the criteria. You can't just pile up a bunch of sand, build a small castle on top of that pile, and call it a record, right? Can you hear his angst over this? Uh, You can't do that. He said his nearly 32-foot-tall castle, completed last weekend in Maine, should be the new record holder. For Jarrett, the world record is a personal crusade. His 29-foot castle is the current record holder, and he spent about two months building the 32-foot-tall castle with the help of 1,500 volunteers That's a lot of people to build a sandcastle, to raise money uh, for a retreat for children with life-threatening illnesses. He says, I spent four years engineering this castle. Do you wonder what this guy does for a living? (laughs) I spent four years engineering this castle, and these volunteers worked their butts off to get the record. We've really put our heart and soul into this thing. All right, it's a sandcastle, okay? The reality is, what's going to happen? It's going to rain, the tide's going to come in really high, and it's gone, Four years of work, 1,500 volunteers, a huge interstate dispute over whose castle is the biggest. It doesn't matter. It's a sandcastle. The question is, do you want to spend your life building a sandcastle? Chase after just a little bit more in the bank. Chase after just a, a little bit more of a comfortable life. Chase after things that really they're just going to be a sandcastle. Wash away. Or do you want to invest your life in something that matters for eternity? If so, I, I would challenge you, get on board with the Great Commission. Consider going even for six weeks, even if the Lord doesn't call you to go for the rest of your life. What's six weeks? All right, let me just uh, quickly, okay, why are missions necessary? Second question real quick, why should you go? All right. Traditionally, missions around the world has been driven by college students. Some of you may or may not know this, but uh, in the United States in particular, There was, some of y'all have heard of perhaps a haystack prayer meeting, happened in 1806. Just a few college students, five college students got caught in a rainstorm at their university and as they were running to take shelter, they took shelter under a haystack, right? I know we don't have a lot of those hanging around our campus, but a couple hundred years ago they did. So they take shelter under this haystack and while they're there, one of them, a guy named Samuel Mills says, why don't we pray for the work of God around the world and what he's doing? So they began to pray, and from that prayer meeting, they ultimately ended up establishing the first American Foreign Missions Board. Uh, They sent out a guy named Adoniram Judson along with others, and Adoniram Judson was the first, really one of the first American missionaries, went to Burma. Uh, Flash forward 80 years, and uh, there's a movement that springs up. A guy named Luther Wishard hears about this haystack prayer meeting that happened 80 years before. And he's inspired by the, the zeal and the passion of these men to take the gospel around the world. So he formed something called the student volunteer movement. And over the next several years, several decades, the student volunteer movement sent out tens of thousands of missionaries, all driven by the passion for Jesus Christ of one guy. So why should you go? Because historically, college students are at the center of what God's doing around the world. You're qualified. You're intelligent. You may not feel intelligent, but if you're here at a and or Blinn, right, you are. I don't care if you got a C on your test last week. You're intelligent. You have the resources to go at this point in time. You're energetic. You're creative. You have the time. You may not feel, again, like you have a lot of time, but when else in your life are you going to have a summer that you have some discretion with? that you could even possibly take six weeks to go somewhere. You have two or three or four summers while you're here. I would challenge you, just consider using half of one of them to go share the gospel. You've got the time now while you can. I've never talked to a student who has told me they regretted spending half their summer overseas. I've actually talked to multiple students who've said, I regret that I didn't go when I could. And then you, you have the faith that God can really change the world through a few students, and, and I think he can. So I would challenge you, just consider it. If you're about to graduate, even like, like Sarah and Suzanne said earlier, consider a year or two. Out of the scope of your whole life, I know it feels like a long time, but it's really not. And then the third final thing is, will you go? We've got a few options for you guys. Like we mentioned, summer projects and stint. We go to East Asia, Trade Tradewinds and, uh, and Greece. All right, Uh, both of those summer projects are six-week trips, stint are a year to two-year trips. And then after that, there are options for those who might want to consider going longer term, five years or more. All right. And then uh, if there are other areas of the world you're interested in, I really would challenge you, go to the Go Conference this week. Uh, The booths will start setting up and be available to you guys around 6.30 and then breakaway starts like it normally does at nine o'clock. But go check out the booths. There are also gonna be some breakout sessions to talk about different areas of the world. Just spend a couple hours out there and just ask the different missions organizations, where can I go and see where the Lord might have you spend your summer? All right, again, here's our map. Uh, Trade Winds. East Asia, Greece, all right? These are the options we have for you guys, and then I encourage you to go out to the Go conference and see about others. And then come to the lunch next week, the pizza lunch next week for you guys. Free pizza lunch. There will be representatives from our three projects uh, for you to hear about the opportunity to go. All right, we are out of time. Let me pray for us, and uh, we will dismiss. Father, thanks so much for the opportunity to hear from your Word. I thank you for the men and women who are willing to share with us this morning. And I pray for students who are in here this morning whose hearts and spirits, Lord, know that you are perhaps calling them to spend a short period of time overseas. And uh, Lord, I pray for those that might even be thinking you're, you're calling them to go for a longer period of time. Lord, I pray for those who the Great Commission is a new concept maybe because they don't yet even know Jesus as their Savior. And I pray that they would realize this morning that Jesus died for them and rose again so they can have eternal life and then have the opportunity to share that life with others. And Lord, I pray that uh, this would not be uh, motivated out of guilt, but instead motivated out of a love for you and your kingdom. Lord, thank you so much for this time. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, also real quick, I want to introduce somebody who's here on the front row, Chris, uh, who is... Uh, one of our leaders in Greece and can answer really any questions you may have about going to Greece. He's got, oh gosh, 20 years of experience overseas. A long time. So years and decades and ages. So anyway, Chris, if you'd stand up real quick just so they can see who you are. And Chris will be around here afterwards as well if you want to ask any questions. Hope you guys have a great week. and We'll see you next week.